0: To be able to say to a high school student, you're also a college student, Mm -hmm. and guess what? You can be successful, we believe in you. That's what's exciting about having students back on campus.
1: So today we're going to again sit down with our president, Dr. Robert J. Axley. We're gonna speak to Dr. Exley about a variety of topics, including community college finance, dual enrollment, and various other issues facing the college today. So at the last board meeting, Pat Sanger talked about, who's in our institutional effectiveness research team, about how enrollment is up about 5%, roughly, Uh, from this time last year so Mm kind of how do you feel about enrollment making that slight bounce back at least compared to the last semester we're still down from a couple semesters ago but even still it's like the the trend's finally changing
0: i'm very pleased but not giddy I really think that uh, we're seeing uh, a resurgence in the, in the awareness of the importance of education right. and, and workforce training. Our, our, uh, our enrollment numbers are not where we would hope they would be, but they are on track to get there. Uh, the one thing that's, that's most encouraging to me is a big resurgence in our dual enrollment mm-hmm. participation. Uh, by school by school. And that's with both our schools in the AISD and within the Pearland ISD. Mm-hmm. And so that's very, very positive. As you recall, at our recent graduation in May, we had over 200 uh, high school students. They're, they're their about degrees. half the graduating class now. Yeah, Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Because they're about 41% of our enrollment.
1: Yes, and that's been increasing, too, for a very long time. Because, I mean, when I first started working here 10 years ago, there was only about... A couple hundred kids and now they're almost half of our enrollment. Our average age now I think has been deeply impacted by the number of dual enrollment students we have.
0: Certainly. And uh, as you know, when Pat presented, he he gave a profile of the non-dual enrollment and the, the right? dual enrollment. Yes. And there were startling differences, 24 mm-hmm. years old versus 17 years old, that kind of thing. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, and so do you feel like long-term we're going to be able to build on that?
0: I do. I, I think one of the challenges for us kind of philosophically over time has has been this fish nor fowl kind of thing for two-year colleges. Do we fit more with K-12 or do mm-hmm. we fit more with universities and actually post-secondary in, in the capital letters? And so what this has done is made all of us in higher education realize ed- education is one mission, starting at the youngest, through the public schools, all the way through our our role to higher ed. And as you know, we're working on putting together our first bachelor's degree, which would be in business administration, Mm -hmm. which I think is a relevant degree to be able to offer. It's low cost, fits with our mission, what we're doing.
1: Any timeline on the bachelor's degree? Like, do you have any (laughs) idea when when we might reach that point or no? Oh, I do,
0: I do. (laughs) It's not near soon enough, but it's the bureaucracies of what we have to go through. We've got all the the paperwork in and, and being reviewed by the Texas folks, then mm-hmm. by the, the na- our regional accreditor, SAC, right. COC. So uh, I would be very happy if we could have fall 24, some bachelor's degree programs. But that's
1: pretty ambitious. <laughs> <laughs> what do you see as, you know, because everywhere you turn, people are saying, okay, COVID's over. What do you feel, you know, just in your position is sort of the longer-lasting impacts that we are still kind of having to get past?
0: Well, I, I do agree that the, the crisis kind of extremes that mindset and mindset of the pandemic have, have passed. It's going to be with us just like the flu is with us, and we're going to have to manage our thinking that way. I am concerned about some of the studies that say that there is, is some long COVID that mm-hmm. interferes with cognitive thinking and right. abilities like that and, and chronic fatigue. I think some folks have suffered that and we'll continue to see what that looks like. The other impact of, of COVID still is the the dramatic challenges with the supply chain. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we do have a pretty cool program in <laughs> logistics and supply chain <laughs> We management. sure do, but, yes. yes. But, you know, when you think about us trying to uh, facilitate people's dreams, we've got to work more closely with our K-12 folks. We've got to really be addressing the the benefits of, for example, dual enrollment over AP credit, mm-hmm. and and there there are two different populations they serve, but I guarantee you, high school students can do a heck of a lot more than we expect from them now. There has been a shift in attitudes about AP and dual mm-hmm. enrollment. A tremendous amount of of uh, interest in those two abilities on how to get college credit. I'll tell you another way that's going to evolve, in my opinion, on securing college credit and it, and it's gonna be credit for prior experience. So I, I honestly believe that's a population of adults that can come in now and prove through legitimate valued certifications. You don't need to teach me this again, I've got it. So I think that's a third way that's gonna evolve and
1: I wonder if that will ever trickle down to K-12. How if, do you feel like down the road this yeah. might impact our funding a little bit?
0: Well, as everyone's everyone's familiar that's, that's following Uh, kind of the work for community colleges Texas has a commission on community college finance Mm -hmm. those final recommendations will be coming out in November I'm mm-hmm. um, looking forward to those. We've got some early drafts. And clearly, there is a desire for a couple of things to, to come into play. One is to really reward our colleges for producing outcomes, producing degrees, producing credentials of value, certificate programs, uh, that licensorship to be in any of the health careers, that sort of thing. So that could really benefit all of the colleges, not not just Alvin the the second thing is a very sincere interest in how do we find support for dual credit from a financial standpoint looking at all the different ways the state has different obligations but there's a tremendous amount of interest uh, as you know they the legislature did a lot of work on public education finances and made some significant adjustments well it's kind of like it's now the community colleges mm-hmm. 50 years ago what we had worked pretty well over the years it's it's like the 50 year old car <laughs> we even have some factors in there that don't really help us anymore
1: so you you've talked about k-12 through 12 and kind of you know because they're dealing with a lot of the same challenges uh, that we are absolutely and with dual enrollment how do you feel that relationship has changed between k-12 through 12 institutions and community colleges because before we were kind of our own separate entities and now we're kind of getting melded together a little bit and it's not just in credit side it's also with workforce training. Yeah. Kind of how do you see those relationships changing now and can you view it from K through 12's perspective? Okay. So from the
0: from the kind of like policy standpoint in the state of Texas. The thread that runs through all of this is the guided pathways is that desire to help a student choose for now at this Mm -hmm. point in their planning for their life whether it's seventh grade eighth grade or ninth and tenth twelfth grade here's here's the area i would like to go in and within health careers right you you have that whole pathway that you can go
1: into health careers at multiple levels all the way to you know professionals well the benefit of that it doesn't put you in a specific track where hey i want to be a nurse you're going down the nurse path Well, no, it's a health care path. So if you want to be a nurse, respiratory care, even yeah. a physician, it puts you straight in that journey to where you can either deviate where you want to go.
0: You know, so so one of the challenges or one of the goals, I think, of, of those guided pathways for for our colleges, not just two-year colleges, was but to make sure students took courses that would apply and work right. for them, reduce the number of courses that they, they took in excess of what they need to graduate, and thus reduce their debt. And so kind of the, the new uh, approach through uh, Talent Strong Texas mm-hmm. is a real clear outcome of wanting students to graduate college with less debt than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so, so we've got to work together with K-12 on dual credit to make sure that I am taking courses as dual credit that's in a degree plan in a pathway, and that pathway could d- become a process technology technician, could be a welder, or it could be a physician. Mm-hmm. So that gets us to work more closely together. We have the dual credit conclave coming up where we meet with all of our dual credit high school folks and our college folks to say, okay, what's what's needed now? And how can we do this better for our students? Mm-hmm. It really goes back to, let's sit down and talk about this together mm-hmm. between us and k 12 We're still held responsible that the courses Our college-level courses, that they meet all of our standards for accreditation.
1: Maintain that rigor.
0: Yep. I'm going to get my high school English 4 credit met through taking the college's English Comp 1 credit. Right. So it's our course that the high schools are substituting. That's what keeps it high quality. It also proves high school students are very capable, very capable, if they have support and encouragement and people believe in them.
1: And so you kind of feel like, though, that one of the things that kind of got students through that period was having a focus. Yes. I know that when we look at our world today, it's far, far
0: different than it was three years ago. When we look at our high schools, if you recall, during during last year, there was tremendous increase across the country in behavioral problems in high schools. It just exploded. Where it didn't explode was in those college and career academy high schools. Those students are studying what they want to study. They're hands-on involved a lot. And so I think the lesson we're learning there is students carry tremendous needs. Our college students are no different. The The ability for us as a college to meet all the needs of not just our students but our employees, those emotional needs, those financial needs, those just absolute support and clarity that you matter. Mm-hmm. That's the common challenges we face. And to be able to say to a high school student, you're also a college student, and Mm -hmm. guess what? You can be successful, we believe in you. That's what's exciting about having students back on campus. We have great faculty that go to the high schools, but we also have students from the high schools that come take class here with regular college students and do very well. So I think through our athletics programs, through our fine arts programs, through our student organizations, that get students involved in all kinds of career-oriented training and learning. You can have a vibrant campus. I don't know about you, but it's pretty exciting to see parking lots full and people walking right. around again. Okay. And you know, if you ask any of us here as professionals in eighth grade, did you have this plan in mind for you no, to do I this didn't job? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I really think that more than anything else, when you look at Alvin Community College, you see a family of folks, that includes our students and our employees, who, who really do believe in what we do. We see it as, as a calling to make it an opportunity for anyone who wants to come and look at different ways to go about improving their life that we want to be there for them. We also want to be great partners with, with the businesses and the industries in the community. And I want to give a real shout out to all the different industries in our process technology uh, yes, we have that. a lot of partners, especially on our advisory boards. So. Oh, it's, it's incredible. We had the community advisory board meeting the other day, and it was extraordinarily positive. And it was, it was rewarding to see everyone from, from K-12 educators to nonprofits to the big process technology folks mm-hmm. to our legislators all sitting in the same room. And, and when we asked them what they wanted the most, what they saw us doing, it was exactly what we talked about. We're making a huge difference in people's lives. A huge difference.
1: All right. So we've been talking a lot about transition. So we had this ceremony coming up on October 20th. So, you know, when you got here, I think the uh, courtyard was basically a mud pit. <laughs> Pretty close. Um, I think they were, they had pavers out in the parking lots. And I think s- the student center had been hollowed out and was nothing but studs. So we are way beyond that now. I want to say construction's finished. But as you corrected me earlier, that's just <laughs> not the case. But... We can we can say major construction is yes. finished. Yeah. So kind of how do you feel about now we we that we've reached the end of that transition where where nobody's working out of offices that aren't theirs anymore mm-hmm. and our facilities are fully functioning now and like you were saying now there's cars in the parking lot again yeah. and so
0: well you know like I've said in the in the past in my experience with major construction projects everywhere I go uh, you have to learn contractor speak. <laughs> And and, and and their version of time as well. That's their version of time. You know, it's it's like, okay, uh, when is this going to be finished? And they'll say Thursday. <laughs> I'm kind of overgeneralizing, but Thursday. They won't tell you which Thursday. They won't tell you which week or month. And sometimes they won't tell you which year, year it's a Thursday. <laughs> but guess what? October 20th is the Thursday. And you're absolutely right. The courtyard is gorgeous. Cornerstone did a great job renovating. They have removed so much stuff and then went back and rebuilt it mm-hmm. and brought things in. You guys have got to come see the welcome banners that are out on a routine basis the fountain is running in the middle of the courtyard uh the trees have been trimmed the grass is growing in it, and uh it's just exciting but when you get to e building when you get to the student center and you walk in and you see that art gallery in the front with really incredible work and you go on into where the coffee bar is and the bookstore and just on, on right. and, and you on you see the student activity going on yeah with the, and you know what e-sports we're mm-hmm. going to have that esports team, which is uh, online gaming, mm-hmm. up fully running in in January, and uh,
1: we'll a lot of students su- use the student center. To, by the way, that, to practice that. We used to have <laughs> Smash Brothers tournaments um, in, in our student centers, so I know that's where a lot of them. Um,
0: Interesting, you mentioned that my old alma mater, or not alma mater, where I worked, Iowa Western Community College, which by the way has 25 athletic teams, mm. has a competitive esports team, and they just claimed the national championship in Smash Brothers. <laughs> One of the other new online gaming competitions NJCAA announced is stock car driving, stock car racing. I think that would be a big one in the South. Well, it's much safer than actual stock car (laughs) racing, I would imagine. (laughs) True, true. The last thing I I really do want to encourage everyone to understand, uh, we're your college. And you're welcome here. Anytime, all the time. Uh, We have false going on with some softball and baseball teams that are uh, that are not going to count in the final standings. That's a spring sport. But if you want to come see our softball team, uh, I think it was last weekend, we had a doubleheader against TSU and we took both of them. Mm-hmm. So our, we've got some good teams. We've got some good coaches and they like to serve and care in the community. Uh, Alvin Mandel Chamber Golf Tournament on Monday. Our softball players and baseball players were out there helped set up and tear down. They're always
1: very active in the community. Yeah.
0: And and that's that's what we want to do is let you know where are your college and even if you just want to come by and say hey can you give me some advice that's what we're here for
1: well thank you for coming by again i appreciate you it you bet thanks to read about these stories and more visit allencollege.edu